Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor gives you sports betting tips. I'm your host, Professor Sides, and I've built a set of mathematical models named Sideline that predict various sports outcomes. You'll hear more about the models in the course of this episode. That's cover four Major League Baseball games scheduled to be played on Tuesday, June 13th, 2023. If you're new here, check out the webpage on the banner. It's www.pickswiththeprofessor.com slash new for some explanations and community rules. Remember, if you're interested in projections and picks on every single game, sign up on Dub Club. That also gets you access to our Discord chat, what the model requires for an A grade, weather information, total projections, all sorts of goodies. Links in the show description cost under $1 per day. Remember that sports are unpredictable, so the discussion on this show projects a typical game that does not try to forecast it to a T as that'd be a foolish and impossible goal. Take a long-term view on here and don't get distracted. Those weird baseball things happen. We've got weird bullpen issues. We've got, and I kind of mentioned this yesterday a little bit, but like the the Giants, you know, getting one hit one day and scoring 13 runs the next day, right? That's just the weird sort of things that happen in baseball. I'm not going to be able to predict every game exactly to a T. That's not what I'm trying to do. What I'm trying to do is use my model to tell us if the probability that a team wins is better than the odds that we're seeing. And if so, that tells us it's a good long-term pick. That's what's happened so far. Our A-grade picks on the season, 6% ROI. Totals on the season, 6% ROI. And that's on what you've risked. Your ROI is much higher if you think about it from a bankroll standpoint. I need to figure out a good way to display that. Kind of one of those, if you started with this much, where would you be and what's your ROI on what you started with? Because it's even much higher than that. That long-term thinking, that's what slowly and steadily increases our bankroll. And that's what we're here for. In other words, please understand good and bad variants will occur on a day-to-day basis. So as much as I like to say we'll be profitable every single day, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. Uh, no Tuesday day games, unfortunately, here. Nothing's happened yet on Monday, so nothing really to update or talk about. Uh, so let's get to it here. But before we do, some quick reminders. Please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you aren't yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free. And if you turn on notifications, you won't miss any of the college basketball, MLB, or college football content that this channel provides. The way I scale my picks, A-grade Moneyline plays will return four units. It is the risk plus win equals four. It's like flat betting, but a little bit more dynamic. That way I don't have to think about if I want three quarters of a unit or one and a half units or whatever. It just automatically does the math for me. B-grades will return three units. C-grades will return two that we've got proportionally more on the better picks. We've got proportionally more on the favorites, but we still can play big favorites and big underdogs. And when we're wrong, it doesn't hurt us as much. It kind of leaves us again slightly more conservative with our playing because what we're all about here is that long and steady gain. It's much better to constantly be winning a little bit than to go on the roller coaster of always winning a lot and losing a lot. No one really likes that, but with the scaling with the picks as always take what you like and leave the rest. And to start off here, 7:40 PM Eastern brewers at the twins going to take the twins minus one eleven. It's an a grade pick. Barely sideline requires minus 113 for an a grade pick i'd play the twins reasonably down to a b grade though that would be minus 124 that's what the model says the price should be sideline indicates that they win about 55 and a half percent of the time pablo lopez and corbin burns at this point i have these two pitchers about the same 
Obviously, Corbin Burns has had a better year and CERA is about a full one lower than Pablo Lopez. But when you look at the underlying metrics behind that, it's actually kind of telling a flip story that Pablo has been a little bit unlucky. Corbin Burns has been pretty lucky and hasn't actually pitched that well this year, not just relative to what we've expected and grown accustomed to him, but just in general that he, uh, you know, is actually kind of lucky to have an ERA that low. Obviously, he's still a very good pitcher. Both of these guys are really good pitchers. The point being, when I combine historical data along with this year's data, this really a coin toss between who's the actual better pitcher in here. And that's why I like the Twins. I trust the Twins more than I trust the Brewers. I mean, they just got swept by the A's. And we were on the A's for all three of those games. The value proposition was just too good to pass up and just somehow kind of got lucky. And, and they happened to win all three, which was surprising to anybody. But the bottom line is I just don't trust this Brewers offense right now. I don't really trust anything about the Brewers right now. And Corbin Burns is their best pitcher still. But I think he's going to be up against it here with his uh, opposing battery mate here uh, or, or mound mate there in Pablo Lopez. And so because the Twins are home, I think they should be favored by a little bit more than what home field advantage would give them minus 111. Again, a great price here on the Twins. Temperature, we're going to be looking at low 80s to start, low 70s to finish. Wind kind of blowing out to start, a little bit across, and then shifting towards in. So this is another one where we might want to check the weather here on the morning update if you're with us on Dub Club. That's a service that I provide. Or just check the weather yourself on this one because right now we're over 24 hours from first pitch, probably uh, more like 28 hours or so. This weather could change a lot. And it looks like if I had to guess with that wind changing, you're talking about a minor front coming through, not a major one or else the temperature would drop more, but a minor front coming through, shifting around on those winds in the area. Uh, if that's an hour earlier, hour later, two hours earlier or later, which it could easily be, the closer we get, the more we'll know. And that'll kind of affect what I, what you think about the total on this one. Because, you know, hotter wind blowing out means it's going to be harder to keep the ball in the ballpark. But uh, wind blowing in is definitely going to knock it down and make that park play more pitcher friendly. So just keep an eye on the weather on this one will affect what you would do on the total. Model projects 7.6. So right now, under 8 would be a decent look. The problem is right now, the under 8 is at like minus 125 or something uh, like that, minus 120. It's just a little bit too high right now with the weather uncertainty. I don't mind playing an edge if we have one and knowing that the books are just as uncertain as the weather as we are. And, and based off what I've seen the day ahead of time, I'm not sure how much they even look at the weather, which is really surprising to me uh, because a lot of times I see a, a weather situation. We've got a great edge on it the day before and then day of they've really reacted. So I'm not sure if they're looking at the weather, if they know, but again, that really could affect this. So I'm kind of looking at the under eight, but I don't really love the juice right now. And I want to be, a, I want to be a little more certain of what the weather's going to do before I lock in that juice. If we miss out on it, we don't have to bet every game. That's fine. So it's kind of where my head is on the total, but either way, a strong pick on the twins to start us off here on Tuesday. 8.10 p.m. Eastern Reds at the Royals. Talked about this game here, Monday's game with Jake. Uh, this game hasn't happened yet for Monday, so talking about Tuesday. I'm going to flip from the under to the over. Model projects 10.2 runs on this one. It's going to be a warmer day on Tuesday than it is on Monday, starting off around 80 degrees, closing around 70 degrees. Same situation with the wind, as I just mentioned, in Minnesota, though, where the wind will be kind of out and across maybe to start, a little bit blowing in to finish, but at a lot less wind strength than in Minnesota. Minnesota, we're talking about winds closer to 10 miles an hour. For Kansas City, we're talking about winds more around 5 miles an hour. So less of a big deal on exactly where the wind's blowing. I'm focusing on the fact that I don't trust either one of these starting pitchers, and we've got a more hitter-friendly ballpark. Contrasting that with Monday's game, and again, it hasn't happened, so I may look like a fool saying this, but Monday's game, I think the pitching's a little bit better 
in Monday's game. I think the weather's a little bit cooler when blowing in. So we just have a better setup for the offense to disappoint. On Tuesday night, given these pitchers, given the slightly warmer weather, I kind of think it's more about, I don't really like these offenses, but I think they can beat up on weaker starting pitching. Jordan Lyles for the home team, 684 ERA. The advanced metrics say it should be about a run lower than that, but that's still very, very bad. And Brandon Williamson for the Reds, when I mentioned the Reds yesterday having a weaker starter, I kind of forgot that Brandon Williamson was still in the rotation here with the Reds and some of their pitching uh, injuries because he's uh, obviously the weaker of all of their pitchers at this point. A lefty with the 540 ERA and the advanced metrics it should actually be a little bit higher than that. He gets one of the worst grades of any starting pitcher who's still making starts in Major League Baseball for me. So, I mean, just two really bad pitchers, and I think that's going to – set the wheels in motion for a lot of bullpen action. These bullpens aren't very strong. I just think it sets off from the start to be a different game than Monday. And again, who knows how it looks, but with Monday, I kind of think we've got at least one of those starters can pitch better given the situation that's going to shorten the bullpen, allow a team to use just their stronger bullpen guys and hold one or the other team, you know, down to more like two runs. I think lower scoring makes more sense here. The opposite with the starting pitchers being a lot weaker, Sets up to be a game where we need the bullpen involved more in the fourth or fifth inning, and that means you're going to have to use more of those weaker relievers. Odds are one of them gives up a crooked number for each side, and this just sets up to be more of a run fest. I would be comfortable going over 10 on this one personally. I like the 9.5 better. I like that we win at 10 rather than push, Uh, but this is a game that I think has, even though the model says 10.2, I think has a decent chance to get towards 11, so over is the way I'm looking on this one. And with regard to the side models, it should be Royals minus 113. Right now, I'm seeing minus 122 on the Royals. If I was going to back the Royals, I would need an A grade. That's minus 102. So right now, we're 20 cents away. I don't see backing the Royals here for a second night in a row. With regards to the Reds, I would be interested in taking them. They're just not quite a good a price yet. Right now, I'm seeing plus 113, or excuse me, plus 112. Again, plus 113 gets you to B grade. Really, plus 115 or better is what I'm looking for on the Reds. And it's basically right there. So it's one to shop around, keep an eye on. And honestly, by the time I get done recording this, if I hit refresh, there's a decent chance we can find that price somewhere. And so this is one where, again, if you're with us on Dub Club, you get that update. If I do find a good price, let people know, hey, I'm officially on the Reds. Or you just do the work yourself and shop around. But I think the Reds are a solid pick here. As long as the plus odds are favorable enough, I don't know who wins this game. The Reds are the better team, but on the road. I don't really know. I just want to make sure I'm getting good enough plus value because I don't have a lot of faith in Brandon Williamson. As much as the young hitters on the Reds are really exciting, and as much as I don't trust Jordan Lyles, I just don't trust Williamson either. So I just want to make sure that we're getting good plus odds. But the Royals, as bad as they've been, I'm only backing them if they've got a guy like Zach Ricky who is at least respectable. They're no different than the A's, which is what I've said all along with them. The only reason I way I'm backing them is if you've got Blackburn, who's been decent, Sears, who's been decent, Miller, who's been decent. When you get to the other pitchers who have been so bad, you just can't back them really. It's it's really hard to do unless the odds are just incredible. And the same thing with the Royals, unless it's one of their decent pitchers and off the top of my head, it might just be Grinky at this point. When you got to get like Lyles going, it's going to have to be massive plus odds. I don't care who they're playing, where they're playing. And so I'd be looking at the red, just one a little bit better than the current price of plus 112. But either way, I think the over is a strong look. I just think there's a lot of runs. Don't know who wins, but there should be runs. 
940 p.m. Eastern Guardians at the Padres. Got two picks for you on this one. Almost was able to lock in an A-grade pick on the Padres here, but wasn't quite able to get it in in time. But early on, this line opened up more like minus 140 uh, for the Padres. That was a little bit more exciting right now at minus 148. Still a B-grade pick, and I'm very comfortable playing them as a B. Model projects Padres minus 150. Minus 150 or so in that ballpark. I think it's fire away on them. Joe Musgrove has been looking better and better. And I just trust him more than Tanner Bibby. I think we're getting a little bit of value here on the Padres because people are looking at that 305 ERA for Bibby. But the underlying metrics suggest that's not going to last. He hasn't actually pitched that well. He's just been pretty lucky. I think Musgrove is the better pitcher by a decent amount. I think the Padres offense, of course, is better. Bullpen-wise is a tough spot. I haven't built the first five model yet, but if that's something you're interested in, Padres first five might not be a bad look. Here's the thing with the first five market. You just can't look at what the number is and compare it to the full game number simply because of the fact that you are adding more variability. So what that means is that if you take a team... 50% converts to 50% either way. But if you have a team that you think is going to win, say, 65% of the time over the full nine, because of that extra variability, the probability that they win the first five, uh, if you remove ties, because ties are possible for the first five but not for the full game, the probability drops from like 65% to upper 50s. And so you can't just say, hey, Padres minus 148 for the full game, Padres minus 148 for the first five, let's take minus 148 because it eliminates the bullpen. Unless you have a reason to believe that's a good number, that's not necessarily a good number because while the model says the Padres win the 60% of the time, the probability they win the first five is less than that because there's more happening. And you can take that to its logical extreme and it holds true. A one inning, or if you're just betting who wins the first inning, Padres are 60% likely to win this game. They're not 60% likely to win the first inning, again, if you remove ties, because they're just more likely that more likely that something weird happens. And when that happens, everything goes trends towards 50%. Now it doesn't get to 50%. It just trends towards it's the same thing with one run games. Talk about one run games are about 50, 50, not quite true, but close to it. Because when you get to a one run game, when you get to extra innings, however much better the one team is than the other, it kind of starts trending back towards who knows what's going to happen. Coin tossy 50, 50, whatever you want to look at. So first five would be a way to look. I just hesitate to say I play Padres minus minus one fifty without a model on that. I'm not really sure. Now what I am sure about is I don't trust the Padres bullpen and the Guardians bullpen is better. So if it's a close game late, I'm, I'm a little bit nervous. At least, thankfully, the Padres have a better offense than the Guardians do. So, you know, there's pros and cons to going to first five. I don't really know at this point. Eventually, later this summer, I'll build out that first five model and I'll be able to tell you a little bit more what the price should be. Unfortunately, I won't be able to tell you what to play because there's no numbers out by the time I record, but I can at least give you a little bit of information there. For now, though, I'm playing the Padres full game. I think they get out early on Bibby. I think Musgrove pitches well, holds them down. I like the Padres here at minus 148. I'm also on the under eight as well. Model projects 6.7. And my goodness, lather, rinse, repeat the things we keep saying. San Diego, we had a whole road trip where we took unders and we won almost all of them. Then they had a whole home trip a whole homestand where we took almost all the unders and we won almost all. Now the Padres are back at home again, which the books just keep not adjusting. And so we're just going to keep betting it. Now I'm going to keep playing it at one unit of pop just because at some point, you know, I don't want to get overly greedy, but I'm still investing in these unders. I don't think the books have caught up. You've got a bad guardians offense and a good pitcher in Joe Musgrove. The guardians are going to have a hard time scoring and it's just hard to score runs in that park. Part of the Padres' issues offensively is half their games are at a park that might be the most pitcher-friendly ballpark in baseball this year. 
just don't see a lot of runs happening in this one. I love the under eight. I would be playing under seven even. I don't think it gets there. I like under seven and a half a whole lot more because now we're talking about the win at seven rather than the push. And seven is a very likely outcome for the number of runs in this game, relatively speaking. But either way, whether it's under eight or under seven and a half, under is the way to look here. I just don't see many runs happening on a chilly night in San Diego here in the months of May and June. The ball just does not carry there we've also gonna gonna have a wind blowing in at almost 10 miles an hour this sets up to be a strong underplay and then wrapping us up here 10 10 p.m eastern white Sox at the dodgers gonna go over eight and a half on this one model projects 9.4 i'd go over nine as well hopefully you're getting better odds of course the minus 120 but having that push protection on nine isn't a bad thing i just think there's a lot of runs in this one and i don't necessarily know who scores them and i know that's strange to think but the model does not like Tony Gonsolin, and he's not the only Dodgers pitcher that the model doesn't really like. Obviously, a 221 ERA, but the advanced metrics are really concerning with him. He's getting hit hard a lot. He's leaving a lot of runners on base. It's one of those things where you just think it's unsustainable. Now, where will his ERA track as the year goes on? Advanced metrics say it should trend towards five, and that now he's banked 40 good innings, so it won't get to five, but that's more of the level it projects. I'm not sure if I buy that as much. Based off historical data, the model projects him more in the mid-fours, Will his ERA get towards four? I don't really know. He's not the only Dodger pitcher that has this. Uh, Julio Urias is kind of in the same boat. Can he continue to outperform his metrics? Probably, but will it be to the extent he's done now? Probably not. And so I think the White Sox can score some runs on Gonsolin. I don't think that 221 ERA is realistic at all. I don't think it's a good measure to use. In this case, I think it tells you a good job of what he's done. I don't think it's going to tell you a good job of what he's going to do with regards to run prevention. Lance Lynn, the opposite story. 672 ERA. Underlying metrics, though, say it should be around 4 I don't know. He's looked terrible. Um, I, I really don't know. And, and, and this is why I like the over in this spot, because it seems unlikely that both pitchers pitch well. I mean, Lance Lynn, as bad as he's looked against the Dodgers offense, I know it sounds like a no-brainer, but you're thinking the Dodgers are going to score some runs. And maybe Lynn can do better than that ERA, but if he does, he's still going up against one of the best offenses in baseball. He's still going to have a hard time pitching too well he may give up a lot of runs and he may not he may pitch relatively well hold the Dodgers down to like three runs which would be pretty good anybody holding the Dodgers to three runs over a reasonable number of innings is good I don't really know Gonsolin same thing like he could easily give up a bunch of runs and we can look here and say yeah it was just a matter of time don't know when it was going to happen but he wasn't going to keep getting this lucky or maybe he keeps pitching well I don't really know on either pitcher and that's why I like the over more than the side because I find it hard to think that both pitchers are going to have success I easily think it's going to be uh, you know one or the other at most and obviously yes the no-brainer answer is that Gonsolin's going to have more success just because of who he's facing totally understand totally get that totally agree with that there's a reason why the Dodgers are favored they should be favored model says minus 161 the Dodgers win the 62 percent of the time I'm not comfortable playing the White Sox unless it gets to an A grade. Right now, that's plus 179. The actual price I'm seeing is plus 175. It's got to get higher before I take them. I just personally don't trust Lance Lynn, and I don't think that's breaking news. I don't think that's shocking anybody that I don't trust him. I don't know why you would trust him. I, I don't trust him. That said, at some point, baseball's a weird sport. The A's have now won, like, I don't know what, six of 11 games or something like that. You know, 
don't quote me exactly on that, but they, I mean, they've won a lot. They've won three of the last four series, right? You know, they're not going to keep doing that. Baseball's a weird game. So at some point, the plus odds get high enough. You got to be on the White Sox here. Bottom line for me, it's White Sox are passed. For now, I'm passing because the value's not good enough. I cannot play the Dodgers near a number like minus 200. I just don't think that Gonsolin is as good as his numbers looked. I think he's getting treated like he's, you know, Cy Young caliber, and the model thinks he's below league average. Maybe he keeps it up. Maybe he proves me wrong. But time and time again, when you have these pitchers like this, where I, where I say that, you know, we're looking for one thing or the other based off of how they've performed in the long run. That's what happens. Now, will that happen in this one game? I don't know. The White Sox without Eloy Jimenez, their offense projects below average. So if Gonsolin is a good start, that wouldn't shock me in the in the slightest. But I just don't think that the value proposition is there to back the Dodgers. It's White Sox or pass right now. I need another nickel. I need a higher price. Maybe it gets there and we play the White Sox reluctantly just as a value play. But hey, we've played the A's reluctantly a lot, and that's worked out well, too. But unless that value proposition is there, I'm not doing it. I'm sticking to the over, whether it's eight and a half with juice or nine at a better price. I think there's a lot of runs in this game. The Dodgers should score some. The White Sox, I don't know. This could easily be a, an eight to three game. It could easily be a six to five game. I don't really know. I just think there's going to be more runs uh, than the books are expecting given um, the matchups here between pitcher and hitter. Another thing to consider, of course, the Dodgers bullpen model still thinks they're decent. They continue to struggle. That's something else to remember. And another reason why it makes the Dodgers harder to back. Weatherwise, though, we're talking about a pretty normal day in L.A., a little chillier. Uh, nothing really to write home about wind blowing out, but it is usually blowing out there. Uh, it's mostly built into the park factor. So we're talking about a pretty average night in L.A., expecting a lot of runs and maybe playing the White Sox as values there. But it needs to be at least plus 179 before I would touch it. That's all I've got for you here today. Thanks for tuning into this episode of Picks with the Professor. Don't forget to subscribe so you can control the sports betting content provided on this channel. It's dropped right into your feed. I'll be back again tomorrow with more baseball betting content. Until then, as always, best of luck. And remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.